This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 257. And joining me today is Rebecca Poole. We're talking about relationships, the significance of sensitivity uh, in relationships and in what we bring to ourselves as we travel through life to try and be our truest selves while also coexisting peacefully with others. No small feat there uh, and something we often find tricky to do. Uh, Rebecca, who started her career in Chinese medicine, has a master's of Chinese medicine and has practiced in different clinics throughout China, came back, uh, did that work and wanted to bring something different, something um, that got even deeper into why illnesses manifest in the first place. And she chose uh, the avenue of uh, esoteric healing, counselling, and uh, really helping people get very deep with um, why things present in the first place. Because she was noticing as she could treat things on the surface, uh, they would often recur. But then when someone left a relationship, for example, then things would vanish. And she wanted to try and unpack why for herself and then start to bring that into her practice. She runs courses, roundtables, and does private clinical work as well. And she's a spectacular human who I'm very glad I've come across to be able to bring to you. So we are going to start that conversation in just a little minute, but I want to remind you that October, if you're listening to the show live, is ticking fast and you are running out of time to make the most of the month's offer with Block Blue Light. Now, Block Blue Light is one of my favorite brands because they're one of the most comprehensive brands offering blue light elimination products. And so you'll have everything from amazing uh, face masks, uh, you'll have uh, blue light um, infrared panels, which I can talk about in a little second, but also a couple of my favorite items, which are the everyday computer glasses, the evening glasses, which completely block out blue light to help you start to boost that melatonin as it gets closer to bed. And uh, my favorite is the night uh, time. And we have these on our bedside lights. We have them in the living room. Uh, I'm actually trying to figure out how we can get them into the kitchen light fixtures, um, which is the beautiful amber blue light blocking uh, light bulbs. They're also mercury free. Uh, which a lot of eco light bulbs unfortunately contain mercury and people don't realize that. And, uh, and so this is a wonderful alternative, not only from the eco perspective, but also for our health. So uh, those are a few of my favorite of the everyday products. But if you're someone who's wanting to do anything from recover from chronic pain, injury, um, having mitochondrial issues. I know for me, red light therapy has been huge in mold recovery for getting my little mitochondria firing back on my team again. Um, but also there's some really interesting research in red light therapy for things like boosting collagen production, uh, which as a woman who's turning 46 next month and 
starting to look at my saggy little eyelids, thinking, yeah, I could go a little bit more of that on my face. Um, And, you know, I have nothing against getting older. I actually love fine lines, wrinkles. It all helps us tell the story of our lives. Um, But healthy aging is absolutely something I also uh, adhere to and promote for myself and I'm always looking for ways to feel my best self. And uh, and so I was very interested in the collagen boosting research that's coming out for red light therapy as well. So Block Blue Light actually has a number of different configurations in the red light therapy panels, little teeny tiny ones. So if you're on a budget and can't afford something massive, then there's actually something for everyone here. And with 15% off, it's a nice little chunk off the total. So um, I, I use mine for my, uh, ulnar, um, nerve, which is, um, always bothered me if I play too much tennis. Uh, so that's something that I find really helps there. Um, but, uh, as I said, with a bit of a giggle, I'm going to be using it for some collagen boosting therapy as well. So check those out. If any of that sounds of interest, your code is lowtoxlife 15 Uh, and uh, you can just jump on their website, blockbluelight.com.au. They ship worldwide. So if there's something there that you like and you live overseas, do not panic. You can make the most of this one too. Enjoy that and enjoy diving into some really deep work today with Rebecca Poole. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Hey, really well. Thanks, Alex. I'm so happy to be chatting to you. We had a wonderful chat offline before starting today. Uh, And uh, it's not often I don't get uh, a whole book to read before I interview a guest or know them super well or know the topic really well myself. Uh, So I love going in a bit blind and learning a stack. And I think today we are going to learn a stack about relationships from you. Uh, But I want to just frame the work that you do today with the journey that you've had to get here professionally, because I think that's always interesting for people to understand. And you were obviously attracted to energy at some point growing up because TCM, Chinese medicine, was where um, you began before you added counselling to your arsenal. So talk me through that journey. Yeah, it's quite an interesting thing. You know, when you say to someone, oh, I'm a healer, like mm. you get you get some pretty funny looks um, because it's not one of those things that you think, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a healer, you know. Mm. But for me, I was quite energetically aware young. And I remember, I remember being in year 12 looking at people and just I, I said to myself, the world needs to know about energy, okay, mm. which is pretty a bit of a... I don't know. Such a fabulous year 12 thing to say. I love it. We were quite similar year 12 people. (laughs) And um, and so, but, you know, I was still caught in that, well, I need to study at uni, you know, and because I was quite bright and I actually was thinking, shall I do maths or shall I do something healing? Mm. (laughs) Um, And I decided I loved people too much to, you know, to do some sort of maths at uni. So I... um, I just came across Chinese medicine and acupuncture and because it was a degree um, where you could, you know, study a bachelor of health science and, and it talked about energy. I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is it. So um, yeah. So that was the initial kind of formal training that I had with energy. Um, And then I practiced that uh, once I graduated and I did a master's in Chinese medicine as well and worked in China for a little while. I um, opened up a clinic crazy at the age of 20 which (laughs) you just like 
I just look back and think that was the most craziest <laughs> thing to do. It's the most stressful thing to do. Um, and and then I, I then built a successful clinic over the, the next six years. But um, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I know that I'm helping people. I know that, you know, I worked a lot with women's health and I know that they're getting support with their fibroids or their menstrual disorders or their infertility and so forth. But there's something here that's missing. And I know that there's something deeper that goes on in, um, in this journey for people because they, you know, they'll, they'll um, change relationships and all of a sudden their period comes back you know, or, or they'll, um, or, or you could tell that the, the quality of relationship or abusive relationship was actually part of what was causing their breast lumps, you know, and, or their locked jaw. Yeah. Um, and so I started to really kind of become curious about, well, what is it in the way that people are living and thinking and relating to themselves um, and the energetic transfer that happens every day in relationships that's actually contributing to people's health conditions. And that's when I came across um, the work of universal medicine and started to practice um, and train in sacred esoteric healing. So and that's been what I've been doing for the last 13 years. So, um, yeah, which is a bit telling of my age then. <laughs> yeah, with, with counselling under your wing as well, right? A formal yeah, training well, and counselling. I mean, that's the the energetic aspects of 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 counselling and talking with people and um, supporting them to understand, you know, what's actually going on underneath um, the the surface level interactions. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. And so universal medicine for the beginner's mind, how do we best explain that? Um, so the, under, the, the really basic understanding, because I mean, you could talk, I could talk about this for days, but if you're wanting to understand esoteric healing, you have to understand that we're not, we're not um, starting from a clean slate. We actually have a part of us, a depth of us that is actually whole and we could call that our essence you know very simply or our soul or something like that and what happens is is that as we go through life we start to move away from what just feels innately true to us um, and we start to compromise or we start to um, contort ourselves or fit in or you know try to um, please other people or um and, and it creates these layers of um, behaviours or just layers of, we could say, muck <laughs> that um, actually stop us from feeling that, that spark and that aliveness. And so if you look at a child, like, you know, on a good day, no, I'm yeah. not talking, <laughs> but if you look at a child, they, they're still very connected to that essence and they're just like, yep, this is me. Yep, this is how I walk. This is how I, um, you know, speak. This is what I feel. Um, they might not have all the words, but they're just very much in the flow of who they are, whereas we kind of just think it's normal for adults to lose that, but it's not normal. And so... What esoteric healing does is it supports you to reconnect to that depth of who you are and then supports you to be able to live from that place and understand the world from the context of that place 
rather than from the context of what other people want you to be. Mm. So it's so interesting, isn't it? Because um, I'm very interested right now in uh, uh, this culture of me that that social media has largely birthed or we could say reality TV shows from Big Brother, you know, just look at me. I'm not doing anything particularly fabulous, but this is me. Um, and uh, then the, the demand for purely being able to satisfy one's own desires, beliefs, needs, um, and sometimes at the expense of other humans, for the sake of being true to oneself, I'm interested in where the line is. Where do we meet ourselves with community-mindedness? Is it even possible? I so love what you've just brought. It is such an important question for the world. And you're right, like for where we're at with society at the moment. And people get so confused about this because a lot of what's put out there is, like you said, like I have to have me time and like I'm doing me, you do you, and we'll, mm. if we get on, we get on. If not, you know, like there's this yeah, real I feel hardness. Like, exactly. And I feel like it's contributing to this very sad hyperpolarization that we're all experiencing. Absolutely, completely. Mm. Like I totally agree. And this is where the understanding of energy is so important because just because people say words doesn't mean it's actually what they're saying, you know? And so, if someone, when you say, I'm like, this is true for me, you could say it's true for me to smoke dope and um, drink a whole, you know, cask of wine and then shoot up heroin, right? Mm. I, I would say as a health practitioner, that's probably not true for you, okay? Yeah. Um, but, you know. That, it's that kind of like can... eating a pack of chips um, or like 10 bagels and saying, this is just what my body's craving. And actually, exactly. no, it's what your gut bugs are craving. Yes, and your gut yes. bugs are wrong because you've got the wrong ones in there. So this is that's what I true. mean about like how much is yes. us. Like yes. I find and it fascinating. It's so fascinating. And that's the thing that um, that I support people to understand is, you know, what, are, what aspect of you is actually operating you at the moment? Is it the part of you that is um, based on your hurts, your protection, your, your unresolved issues? Or is it the part of you that is deeply settled in um, an equality of soulfulness? You know, because the truth is like energetically, when you come from the depth, you're not actually separate to other people. The, the part of you that is the deepest part of you is actually in oneness with all. And so that truth actually never harms yourself or others. And, you know, we, can, we could say a lot of um, there's a lot of spiritual ideals out there about, um, you know, uh, being self-sacrificing and all of that, which also that's the other extreme, which, which actually isn't true because if you're putting yourself, if you're not considering yourself, then your actual vehicle of what then goes out and supports people mm. is diminished, you know? Yeah. And so the actual truth is like love is love for all. It's spherical. It's not directional. And so it needs to also include yourself, the person next to you and, and anyone that's impacted by your actions, not just even the people that are closest to you. 
you know, you can't have in, in like true energetic terms, you can't have layers of love. Like love is just love and it's a vibration and it emanates, which means it comes out in all directions. You know, you don't look at a child and they're just beaming, right? Their, yeah. their love is just emanating from them. And unless you're really imposing and they're like, oh, who's the weird Auntie Mary that's trying to <laughs> make me kiss them, you know, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. actually reacting to Auntie Mary. They're like, oh, you're, this doesn't feel right. You're wanting something from me that's, you know. Um, but at, in their essence, they're just emanating and it's, it's for all. And we have that aspect to ourselves. And it's just for some people it's quite buried um, under a lot of hurt, a lot of protection. And so you can feel when you hear someone talking about this is true for me, you can feel whether it comes from a truth that is actually holding of all, um, which is where true love and truth comes from. It's, it's holding for all. Or if it's a, a truth that is a um, convenient truth, you know, and, and it's, it's, but it's, you know, understanding it's, it's part of what is unresolved in someone. Yeah. So interesting. I feel like um, if we all got under and like literally excavated beneath the fear that is at the layer of um, consciousness right now on all sides of extreme narratives, as far as I see it, everyone's scared of something, losing something or um, someone doing something that might hurt them or, you know, just there's so many different fearful um, narratives. Uh, It would be really interesting to see how we could um, find what might be actually causing us to to try and put whatever walls up we can to feel safe right now. Totally, yeah. Mm. It's um, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, and thank you for indulging that tangent right off the bat because I think we have to address energy from the times we're at. And there's some pretty intense energies out there right now, um, and I think they're calling us to examine beneath them you know because the obvious is never often the issue (laughs) like you say you know you wanted to study something to figure out why the breast lumps turned up in the first place yes exactly Uh, so yeah really interesting um thank you so we are talking about relationships and uh obviously there are romantic relationships relationships with our children relationships with uh, in-laws, you know, there's so many different types of relationships. Uh, how, could, how can we start to have a think about the energy that's existing within those relationships to raise our own personal awareness um, and, and just notice things? Because I think often we're just moving through life, we're in it, it's happening at a speed of knots and, uh, and we don't work on it or explore it from from an objective perspective yeah spot on it's um and it's it's a massive causer of illness and disease in in my uh from my experience and what i've seen you know the unresolved energetic um issues or the unresolved um energetic dynamics it, it it, you know, we carry that with us and it sits there and we do our best to ignore it. And we often do that with food. Um, you know, we, we talk about comfort eating or we do that with keeping busy. And, you know, it's kind of this thing that follows us around that we know 
we know there's something we're not quite paying attention to or listening to, but we're not, we're not quite ready to go there because our life is usually not set up in a way that we have the space, you know, to, to feel these things. And so um, it's a really important question you ask. And I think something that we all have to get to at some point in our life where we start to say, okay, what I've been doing hasn't been working in whatever way it hasn't been working for us, you know, whether it's just you've got a lot of, um, uh, you know, the type of relationships you have are are, um, causing you grief or there's, you know, turmoil or, you know, that, that end or abuse, you know, that end of the spectrum, or even if it's just this feeling like there's more, you know, and, and that's actually a healthy feeling because, you know, th- that, that is going to encourage growth and, you know, that constant evolution in relationships. But I think we all get to a point where we're like, there's something more, you know, because just the everyday uh, superficial aspects of relationships don't cut it, you know, like, because I've, I've had so many people come to me over the years where they're like, I've got, I've got, I love my husband. I've got an amazing husband. I've got awesome kids. We've got the house. We've got the boat. We've got the second house. We've got the whatever, you know, mm. all of this stuff. They're healthy enough, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't, there's something that doesn't feel like I don't, I don't, I don't love my life. And I feel bad about thinking about it like that because there's so many people that have it worse off than me. So then I do a whole heap of affirmations to try and like, you know, get my head above the water. But actually there's something deep down that's telling me that, that my relationships are not um, honoring the deepest part of me, you know? And, and I think that's a really courageous and beautiful place to come to. And it's when we come to that place that we can really truly start to explore okay, so what did I just feel in that moment? And usually it's like um, post-cause, you know, usually it's like you, you finish a, a conversation and you're like, why do I feel a bit down about that? Or why do I feel yeah. angry or frustrated or unresolved, you know? And that's where you first start to recognise, okay, something that happened in that in- interchange didn't, make me feel met or didn't feel like I represented myself fully or didn't feel like I was heard or you know there was something that didn't quite feel right doesn't sit with you right that's a really great place to be and the reason I say this and I feel like I'm you know I'm harping on it because we avoid that place Mm. we run away from that place with you know through business spend time sitting there analyzing it and I love I love what you said before about you know so I do a bunch of affirmations to try and be (laughs) grateful it's like well you can't by default love your life because hey it's not so bad like that that's just not how life works is it no Mm. not at all and that's not uh, like the 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 joy and the depth of you welling up and and inspiring you you know that's you using mental energy to try and push down something that is just an honest feeling and so um yeah so that's where we start you know we just start uh, what I say to people practically just make space to check in and say well what do you actually feel what how does that sit with you you know and, and it can be as simple as like 
drive, parking five minutes, like say you drop your kids at school when school is on, you know, park five minutes, walk away from where you would normally park so that you walk with the kids in and that's lovely time together. But then you get that five minutes when you walk back. Mm, or even oh my gosh, I just, love that. It's about the five minutes back as much as it's about the five minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Or if you totally, whereas we walk getting somewhere, like we, we, we drive, like we're getting somewhere rather than we are, we are somewhere, which is in the car with ourselves at that moment, having a precious five minutes to actually just reflect on yesterday or, you know, whatever just happened. And so, you know, really simple things like driving to work five minutes early, if you drive to work and just sit in the car for five minutes and actually ask yourself, well, how did I sleep last night? What, what did I feel? What did, you know, even practical things like how did, how's breakfast sitting in my body? You know, like, am I actually eating the things that are true for me? You know, there's so, there's so many moments that are so valuable where we get to ask ourselves and resource our own wisdom and say, well, you know what? That doesn't feel quite right. Or actually I'm anxious about having that conversation with someone or whatever is going on for us. Really, mm-hmm. really important. Have I, I hope I've answered that. <laughs> I'm making notes, Rebecca. That's how awesome what you just said oh, is. Awesome. Just to reflect more <laughs> for myself. And I'm sure people out there are themselves. And a little saying that I just said to myself that I thought, oh, I want to do a post about this and unpack it for myself and yes. for the community is check in rather than yes. check out. So like, oh my God. In, so right. True. And so I'm thinking we all check out what's happening on social media, but like we haven't even checked in with ourselves yet. Like, I mean, how crazy. I know um, this is the craziness. Mm, and mm. it starts, you know, if I can take us back to childhood, it starts when we are young and we start to, you know, live in the busyness of life and school. And it's like, you know, the, the messages are, tie your shoelaces, achieve, you know, this, make, you know, and they're all great milestones, you know, like making your breakfast by yourself for the first time or, you know, learning to read and learning to write and all these things we have to do. They're great milestones, but the focus is so much on them rather than um, understanding how we feel and understanding um, what feels true for us and what doesn't. And so, yeah, that's a lot of what I do in my work is supporting people to come back to that foundation um, so that they can still do all the things, you know, we've got to do all the things in life, but doing them from a foundation of knowing how it sits with you and what feels true and what doesn't feel true. Yeah. I love that. Um, Now, with energy, I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. We obviously have the moon, we have gravity, we have seasons, uh, the universe. Um, How do you see, as someone who's obviously studied TCM in detail and then moved into uh, esoterics, um, the impact of these things on our energy, uh, obviously probably more so for women than for men because of our cyclical natures, um, how does it play out in the real world, all of these energies that are all around us and some that have even been introduced artificially? Yes. Mm. Um, it's a super great question and um, really important for people to explore because, and it would be slightly different for everyone. 
I mean, I think the essential foundation we have to understand here is that energy is real, <laughs> okay, um, and that it, the simple term we could say for energy is vibration and that um, everything has a vibration. Um, but even beyond that, in life there is something that we call intention, you know, behind everything. And I often say to people, you know, it's a very different experience if you're, say, in the backyard, you're, um, you know, doing some, you don't, you have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm curious though. You're in the backyard, you're doing some gardening with your partner and um, you, you know, you accidentally turn around and like hit them in the eye with the back of the rake or something. Okay, right? yeah. mm-hmm. And they get a black eye. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a very different um, experience to if you turned around and your intention was to actually punch them in the eye. Yeah. So you still have the same black eye. You still have the same um, physical healing that has to take place with that black eye, but one comes loaded with the intention to harm the other doesn't. And it's that intention to harm that actually can stay with people a lifetime unresolved, you know? And, and so we have to understand that there's many layers of what goes on in the world. And, and if I put it in a really, um, everyday language word we could say instead of energy we could say intention okay and that's not all there is to energy but intentions a massive part of the energetic exchange and so you know we have to be aware that we live in a melting pot of energetic interactions and at, at this point I'm just talking about your own personal relationship with yourself where you've got the intention to harm or not harm right and then you've got the um interactions of your family your friends and your you know the everyday people um and the intentions of to harm or not harm or you know and everything in between then you've also got society you know um government culture like religion like we've got all of these different um consciousnesses as well like motherhood you know (laughs) where there's all of these silent rules and instructions about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And some of that resonates with you, but some of it doesn't. And, but you're in this melting pot all the time. And if you don't have an understanding of what feels true to you and what resonates, then you're kind of flying flying blind a little bit, or you're, you're using other people to navigate life rather than contributing to, you know, what might be true. So that's kind of, the human-made type of energetic reactions and interactions that we have. But then as you as you bring in, we have um, the greater cycles. You know, we have, um, we, we absolutely live in cycles. And you, you really, you hit the nail on the head when you said as women, we tend to be more um, connected to that because we have cycles in our body. And that's a very beautiful thing. And unfortunately, We've got a whole other podcast we could talk about. Yeah, couldn't we? Yeah. Um, But what we um, what we have to understand is that we live in cycles. We live in a daily cycle. You know, there's there's repose with nighttime, and then there's activity and motion with daytime. And you know, that they're real cycles that our our body um, responds to, and our energetic being responds to. Then we've got monthly cycles. We've got yearly cycles we've got 
um, times of our and phases in our life, you know, the cycle of childhood and then we've got adolescence and then we've got our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and our 50s. You know, these are all cycles um, that are also having uh, a communication with us. Um, and then there's, you know, the moon and the sun and, as you said, the universe. You know, there's even just different constellations and different things that happen that actually have a communication with us on a deeper level. And the more that it just depends where your focus is, because, you know, to start with, you've got to sort out the first one, which is your relationship with yourself, right? Then you can sort out your relationships with, you know, your family and those around you. Then there's a relationship to, well, what's the deeper meaning of life for me? You know, what, what does it mean for me when I'm in my 20s or my 30s or my 40s or my 50s? What does giving back look like, you know, when I'm in my elder years? And what does is, what is wisdom look like? And, um, and then you've got, you know, beyond this life. And so we can get quite big with this. And I don't want to take it too far off track, but just to give people an understanding that, you know, there's so much depth and breadth to who we are. Um, and we can we can really get lost in the um, the tension of the moment rather than understanding that we're actually part of something much bigger. Mm, absolutely. Um, okay, so you've said that the relationship <laughs> with ourselves, I'm like, wow, okay, how do we unpack this next? Um, <laughs> but you've said this twice now, so I think we should start here, which is our relationship with ourselves. Uh, and that is what we need to tune into first and foremost to then be able to have harmony around us and beyond. Uh, and so if we were to think about that as uh, a couple of meaningful exercises, a daily practice, journaling, what is the like crib notes version of if someone spent 10 sessions in unpacking themselves with you, yes. um, okay. what, what, what can some of us start to do to tune into the relationship, health check it if you like, yes. and yes. perhaps actually start to work on it in a meaningful way? Okay. All right. Such a great question. And so um, meaningful for people listening. I love it. Um, with your relationship with yourself, the first thing is, you have to understand that there's a lot in the world and over many generations that's corrupted our relationship with ourselves. And I think we need to first start there because, you know, it used to be like when I was growing up to, to think highly of yourself or to have, um, to love yourself was shameful. It's like, oh, you're up yourself or you got tickets on yourself. Oh, my gosh, especially in Australia. My gosh. Yes. And I grew up in North Queensland. So mm. I don't know. I think the further north you get, the more. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. You are not allowed to celebrate anything. And you see it in um, Australian culture start around year four late year four year five yes. at school yes where all of a sudden you're not cool if you're singing your heart out in the choir yes. and you're not cool if you give an intelligent answer it's like what kind of culture is this yes. that someone can't be their best selves and truest yes. to themselves and their curiosities and their love for various arts I mean it's terrifying really I, it's mm. crazy you know mm. and it's like no wonder we end up as adults with low self-worth you know yeah. and it's like I saw this meme once and it's like two kids playing, you know, bright and, you know, beautiful. And they're like, 
oh, Betty, what age are you going to lose your self-worth? <laughs> you know, like it's, but it's, it's like we make it really normal. Mm. Like it's, if a child says, um, oh, I love this about myself or I love the way I dance or, you know, we're like, that's awesome. But I don't know what point it is that we start to feel uncomfortable with people celebrating themselves, you know. So I think that's the first thing we have to just be aware of because there are going to be um, cringe moments within you that is not actually you but stuff we've taken on from society, our era, the culture, whatever, um, that actually makes it feel unnatural to love ourselves when actually it's the most natural thing in the world. And so that's one part. And, you know, we could look at um, different religious consciousnesses over time that also make you feel guilty or make you feel, you know, there's all these things that over the years I've supported people to unpack. So that's the first thing, just to be aware that it's not wrong to love yourself and to have a relationship with yourself. It's not selfish. It's actually the most responsible thing we can do. Yeah. I love Mel Robbins's new book, um, The High Five Habit, and just (laughs) actually high five. It sounds corny, but, like, just giving yourself a go you in the bathroom mirror in the morning. Yeah. I mean, you know, when was the last time you just gave yourself a little pep talk and thought, you know, this is going to be a good day, you're awesome. What's wrong with that? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And, And the beauty of when you unfold that in truth you don't have to, like like we said before, it doesn't have to be an affirmation. Like you can actually feel really settled and really content with who you are. And that's everyone, okay? And the only thing that is in the way of you having that is all of the unresolved issues and um, experiences that you've had that has told you otherwise. Mm, and so, lack and shame and totally, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's really important to understand. Um, From a very practical perspective, um, like we've already talked about checking in, that's really important. The other thing is taking care of your body. Like, you know, part of that beginning bit, if you don't really know how to take care of your being or what it is that you truly feel and you're just in that beginning stage of that process, start by just listening to what your body says because your body it like when you listen to it in truth it tells you a lot you know it's like a a book you know that that starts to tell you um what it means for you to um live life what it means to eat this food what it means to go to bed at this time you know very simple things but they are the beginning bits of building a relationship with yourself body and being so really important yeah beautiful and so would you say that what we've talked about there can be a bit of a daily check-in and uh, and just again beginner's mind how much time do we spend on this like you know we've got the 24 hours okay hopefully seven of which at least we're asleep. Um, How long are we spending on connecting to ourselves? And I I don't want to be prescriptive, but at the same time, I want to make sure people aren't glossing over it and and literally just high-fiving themselves and thinking that's all I I should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Look, I mean, the thing that overwhelms people, and you're spot on with what you're asking, the thing that overwhelms people is they already feel like they don't have space to do everything they need to do in their life, right? And so, it, you know, when you start to talk about having a relationship with yourself, it just feels like another thing 
Exactly. And we do not want this to add to a to-do list. Yeah. No, it's, and it's not a, like, you're right. It's not, it can't be a to-do list. Um, and so the first thing is you've got to feel, um, you have to ask yourself, is this a to-do list because I know I should do this or someone else told me I should, or I want a solution for my problem. Or is this something that like, I actually want to get to know who I am. Like, I actually want to stop, um, you know, pushing aside what I feel and who I am. And I, and I want the curiosity to be like, well, who am I? You know, and as I said before, that's the most responsible thing we can do in relationships. Because if you don't have a relationship with yourself, you can't be authentic in a relationship. And the relationship deserves the authentic part of you, not the tick box arrangement of I'll cook dinner. You, you know, this stuff's important. we got to cook mm. dinner, but you yeah. know, I do this, you do that. And we just like cohabitate. Yeah. The so- society checklist. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, and, and I mean, that's fine. There's no judgment there. That's, that's fine. And cohabitating is sometimes a step, you know, forward for people, but really, you know, it's my responsibility to um, inspire people to go, well, actually, what is the depth that I can bring to a relationship and what is the depth that I can receive from someone else's different angle that they perceive and sense and have awareness of life about, you know, and Mm. that's enriching, like super enriching. So enriching. I remember being so frustrated with my husband for a number of reasons. Um, maybe a whole bunch of people out there going oh yeah me too or but no it's actually a really good story of awakening in my own consciousness of the relationship um and and the things that I was frustrated by were the things I needed to learn yes you know I was frustrated that he just switched off and when he was done with the the things that he felt he had brought enough to the table that day on the Mm. get this stuff done yes Yes. Um, he was able to just switch off, either watch movie, read book, um, you know, whatever, scroll social media and just chill, just completely switch off. Uh, and I would hate it because I would still be like, oh, but, you know, I've got to get the lunchbox ready for the morning, got to do this, got to do that, got to get another load of washing on, got to. And I think often what women are most frustrated about in men, because I think this is quite a universal um, gift that men have is the thing that we need to learn ourselves because the minute I thought actually how can I do that better in my own life I saw the genius of what he was bringing to my life um, because I had something big to learn and um, I I think it's for me now as soon as I'm frustrated with someone else I think what are they trying to teach me that might be showing up in my own life that I'm frustrated actually by um on my own journey yes I totally love what you're bringing because one of the most important things about relationships is growth and learning and that's what's so enriching when when relationships continue to deepen or grow or, or we learn and one of the most powerful things of a true relationship um meaning a relationship that that Um, is healthy is that it grows you you know and that the person who is opposite you reflects so much from that different angle from that different awareness from that different 
um, strengths and weaknesses. They reflect so much that actually speaks to you on a deeper level. Um, whereas, you know, if we're in an unhealthy relationship, often the dynamics just pull you apart rather than, um, you know, offer you your next steps. Mm. And so one of the really important things that we can do is just take that moment like you did and just say, okay, what's here for me in this situation? And sometimes the person is modeling something that is, um, a, you know, what we haven't developed yet, mm. which is what you were Boundaries. sharing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, but sometimes they're, you know, they're modeling something that's not true, but it's also offering you an opportunity to, um, support them or to express or to learn through, um, you know, having to be more patient or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's always an opportunity for growth. And that growth comes from really allowing the situation to, um, to sit with it and go, well, what does this mean? And for you, you did that and you're like, actually, he's showing me that I need to listen more to that, um, that, that voice inside or that, that feeling inside when it just says enough. If I don't stop now, I'm actually going to not be refreshed tomorrow or I'm not going to be able to do what I need tomorrow. Um, and as women where, you know, a lot of our self-worth comes from um, holding everything together for others and, you know, being the glue. And I often tell women, you're not the glue, you're the pulse. Okay, you set the tone. And so you've got to be um, really um, tending to the part of you that sets the tone, that resonates, um, that, that holds the standards, that, um, that, that um, moves with the cycles, yeah? So it's like it's now time for us to know we're having a weekend at home. We all need to rest. We need to repose. We need to, you know, connect within. We're saying no to the barbecue. We're saying no to the, you know, whatever it is, you know. And it doesn't have to be the woman, of course. We, we all can do that. But that it is a very beautiful quality as women because we are very aware of um, the, the cycles and what's needed, but we're also aware of where everyone's at and um, the nurturing that's needed to support the family. So, yeah, love it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I really love what you said there. Sometimes it's there to teach you or sometimes it's there to offer you a chance to lift the other person up. And so in relationships then, if, where, where does the, uh, where do the issues set in where, we then cross a line where we're beyond being able to work on it with that person and we should let go of that relationship because I think a lot of people, again, back to the me culture and everything, you know, it has to work for me, then if we don't bring in a little bit of compromise and learning and um, bouncing off each other to grow, then maybe I worry that we let go of relationships that deserved more work. So I kind of want to help people understand maybe where 
where do we really go, oh, crap, no, this really is definitely not salvageable um, because there would be tons of people listening right now who are contemplating these very things um, or where is it a, oh, I actually have to be really brave, do some work on myself, with myself, in my company, reconnect to me and then see if this can, this work can then be done with this person. Yeah, it's one of the most common questions that people ask or want to ask, even if they don't ask it. Um, when, when, like, sometimes people have that constant um, question, do, is this relationship right for me or is it not? And even if they're not showing it on a, um, you know, very externalised, in a very externalised way, it's this little thing that creeps in every now and then. Um, and, and it's not a nice place to be, you know, when you have those questions. But it, it tells you that there's something to look at, you know. And I totally agree with you. Um, if you leave a relationship without actually resolving your part in the dynamic, you're just going to have the same thing pop up with a new face like and and I think that's the most important thing for people to just sit with in the beginning stages of working through the should I stay or should I go it's saying to yourself well look I want to deal with my stuff I don't want to I've had enough experience in life to realize that I've kind of done the same thing over and over again with slightly different you know um, faces or slightly different externalization but it's the same thing and I and I'm I really want to resolve this once and for all so that's the first thing in most cases the relationship you're in is actually the the most um beneficial place to actually deal with those issues because what can happen if if you move on you've got the honeymoon period where you're just you know enamored by the the different sites and the different you know the, the externalized change and it takes two years to then get to the issue again that you have to then resolve and so um, most of the time the one you're in um, it doesn't mean you have to stay there forever but the one you're in is the one that you can complete your side of it and it's a very um it's a very different feeling when you leave a relationship and you feel like it's done. You feel like that you have brought um, every different angle to the relationship of what you feel um, is the next steps. And if that um, has been refuted or, um, you know, not, not met in the relationship, you get to a point where it just feels done. It's proof that it's over versus it's complete. I correct. wonder if that might have worked if, and you yeah. don't want to be having those thoughts 10 no. years down the track or two no. years down the track. No. And you can't, you can't analyze that from I did this and I did that. So that means I've done everything. It's actually a feeling in your body where you feel really settled. You're not holding anything against the person. Mm. That's a real key. You don't hold anything against them but you can just feel that it's no longer true and that it's complete, like it's it's done. And it's the same for work, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, I was changing. just thinking that there's, there's that 
okay, I've tried and we've had the KPIs meeting and we've had the six-month review and I'm trying to write the answer to the question. I remember this in my last corporate job, 2007, last time I worked for someone else, and it was the question, um, where do you see yourself wanting to move in this business um, through the next five years? Um, and they do that so that HR can set the appropriate training exercises, maybe, even, you know, chuck an MBA in there, whatever. And I, the question made me get hives. Like, I was so, I had this overwhelming sense, uh, this overwhelming realisation that I did not want to progress in this organisation at all. And I did not see myself working with most of those people and being happy Yes. Um, and I've, I've resigned in that yeah. meeting, in that meeting. Yeah. It was so obvious Yes. Um, because all those little feelings that I'd let kind of myself sit with and go, oh, why I'm excelling, new employee of the month, yet again, like all these great ego boxes were being ticked, but there was always a little pit that kept coming back. And that question just brought it right out like, like a firecracker. Um, and I, I know through speaking to so many people over the years that these, it's almost like you've developed an overnight allergy um, when it comes to professional um, life. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so it's the same. It's just this, this deep knowing. And, um, and that is when you know that you have completed everything that this relationship can offer you um, and that you've offered everything that you can offer to the relationship. And it's a very beautiful way to end a relationship. And then when you start the next relationship, however long, you know, that that is before you do that, you're actually starting from a different platform to, to where you started the previous one because you've completed it and there's a different foundation you hold then within yourself and relationships. Mm, beautiful. Um. Yeah, it's that sort of closure word that we use as a bit of a trend mm. word. But I think um, chapter, an ending of a chapter might be a little softer than closure yes. because you bring yes. the growth from that experience through to the next chapter, right? Yes. And you mm. always have a relationship with them, even mm. if you never see them again, mm. you know, in, in your life, that you, you still energetically, there's still a relationship. And so it's really important that you're resolved yeah. just within yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise you're still carrying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. So you've mentioned the word sensitivity a few times in our chat, I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously something we need to look at. Uh, so before we um, start to move towards the end of our conversation, I did want to ask you about it. And my first question on that is um, sensitivity in a romantic relationship often you have a, oh, gosh, I wish my partner wasn't so sensitive when I brought something up. Yeah. Um, but, of course, when we're criticised or when someone brings something up that might land in a, oh, gosh, yeah. the person yes. I love the most in the world has just said I'm doing a bad thing. Like, yes. of course, that's not going to feel fabulous. Yes. How do we navigate sensitivity? Is it indeed positive perhaps or mm something we can develop like do we need to develop beyond sensitivity i'm yes. very curious about this in relationships okay um i love talking about sensitivity and i can talk about it for days so i'll try and so if you have 10 minutes 
<laughs> if I had 10 minutes, exactly. Um, the thing that is so important in our world is that we need to reinstate sensitivity because we've become such a hardened up princess um, type of culture and society that what we walk away from when we walk away from sensitivity is we walk away from our ability to sense harm, sense lack of harm, sense harmony, sense um, disharmony, sense, you know, everything that's going on. And if we don't, like if we're navigating the world through, you know, push through, get on with it, who's going to be the person who says, hey, this is not, um, loving or this is not nurturing of us, you know? And so sensitivity is what brings back the, your access to deeper truths. Okay. And when I'm talking about sensitivity, I'm not talking about emotionalness or reactivity. And I think that's important because a lot of the time people use the word sensitivity to, um, to represent being emotionally reactive or upset, but they're actually vibrationally different things. Our sensitivity in its purity is our ability to sense vibration. It's our ability to sit with what is true, not true, what is um, loving, not loving, harmful, not harmful, you know, um, growing or um, diminishing, you know, and these are really important things for us to have a sense of. And look, that doesn't mean that we, um, you know, we attack people who in a moment, um, you know, dismiss us, right? But we have to have an understanding of, oh, wow, what's going on for them? That's not their normal way. And they've just, they've just poo-pooed my amazing idea, you know, um, which can happen in relationships. Um, because if you're bringing, if the relationship is based on growth, you know, you're always going to bring something that someone may react to, right? And so as part of reinstating sensitivity, we have to become mature with reaction, you know, and start to say, okay, look, someone might bring something to me that's uncomfortable um, and it's my responsibility to be aware of my own reactions and be curious about my own reactions. It's like, oh, I'm that really offended me. Okay, so what's going on for me? where I have something unresolved or, you know, that situation might be yeah. mimicking what Fred did to you in grade two, you know, yeah, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, there, there's so much um, curiosity when we observe our reactions and learn from um, what's not resolved, which is what a reaction is telling you. Something's unresolved, quite different to when you can just to some, when something is, um, doesn't resonate with you. You know, when every cell in your body is like, this is wrong. This is, this is wrong. I'm not investing with this person or I'm not, you know, I'm not going out on a date with this person or I'm not saying yes to whatever. That's a different feeling in your body and your being to when you're having an emotional reaction about something. And as you get um, mature with energy and understanding what you're feeling, you're able to go, oh, wow, and have space between your reactions and go, wow, um, that's really triggered me. 
that's interesting. And my, in our relationship with my husband and I, um, probably, probably about 12 or 13 years ago, that was a commitment that we made where, um, which is we're not perfect with it, right? Yeah. But it's such a foundation. Yeah. Oh, especially like for me, it's easier in my relationship with my husband. With my kids, I get more treated. Okay. Mm. That's another story. But but that's fine. You know, that's that's I'd rather be triggered and be growing um than pretend nothing's wrong. Yeah. Um and so that. reactions are beautiful in that way because they 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 let us know the things that are unresolved. And of course, when you've been healing and dealing with stuff for a long time, there's less and less things that trigger you, but you might go through a period where you're really growing a lot. And so you get triggered by more things. That's, you know, that's amazing. Um, but we need to start to build our awareness of what it feels like when we're actually reacting and um, being triggered by something and what it feels like when we're just like, nah, this is not true. And so we can, we can then just say, look, I'm, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but I'm not actually going to be part of that because it just, it, nothing in me says yes. You know, and these are so vital. Like I wish, I wish I could be teaching, you know, every four and five-year-old to not lose that um, innate um, relationship with themselves you know, that they have in that way because it's so valuable. And I am so sure that we would not have the suicide rates that we have and we would not have the self-harm and we would not have the internalization of um, things they don't understand, you know, um, if, if we had these simple tools in our life where we could understand what we felt in each moment. Oh. So powerful. So you've brought up kids there um, and four and five-year-olds and, and you wish you could teach them. What would you wish parents could do to help their own kids? Yeah, such a great question. And, and I felt that when I was saying it too. because yeah. it's, <laughs> That's it's, where we have to go now. Yeah, yeah. I felt that. Mm. Yeah, it's um, because, and you're so right, because it, it's parents who, who do have to bring this to the family and it just starts with one person, you know, and even if you don't have kids, you're the friend of someone who has kids. You're an auntie, you're an uncle. Um, and it, it only actually takes one kid or one adult that actually meets a kid and, and um, validates the deeper part of what they feel yeah. for them to be held in that um, in their life and to resource that throughout their life. But that doesn't mean we go to kids and we, put on the pretend listening, you know, I should listen. And so, oh, that's a lovely drawing. Oh, and so why did you do that drawing today? And, you know, how mm. we can yeah, go yeah, into yeah. that sort of. Autopilot um, mode. Yeah. Yes. Um, where we're, we're so busy and we're not actually there, but we're ticking the box because we feel like we're going to damage our kids if we don't, mm. right? That's, <laughs> that's not what I'm suggesting here because that's mm -hmm. a massive pressure that, that, that people feel as parents but actually that we first do that for ourselves so that we know, we know the science of listening to what we feel within ourselves, And then it's natural that you then support the kids with that. And then they pick up on it anyway, just from, you know, listening to um, the conversations between, you know, you and your partner. Uh, so, you know, they, they're listening there when you say, look, I don't know, something about that doesn't feel right or 
you know, in our family where it's like, look, I'm sorry, I'm just reacting a little bit right now because, you know, and, and so they get to understand that through um, ob- observing and it makes sense to them. It's like, yeah, because I can feel that you're reacting, mum. So, yes, I get that. And, mm. and you know, I, and you make yeah, okay. sense of their energetic life when you don't have these societal, oh, no, we don't talk badly about, you know, whatever, mm. Auntie Mary, or we don't, you know, we oh, don't say, don't say such and such is fat. You know, how we say to children, yeah, oh, you yeah. don't, don't ask if they're pregnant mm, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. or whatever it is. And I'm not saying we don't teach our children respect because absolutely they need to be taught respect. Well, they don't. They know respect innately. Um, but we need to support them to make sense of the energetic life that they're reading and sensing because they are, right? Even if they don't have the words to say, mummy, I'm sensing this. You know, that's not, that's not the language we have, but they're sensing it all. And if they, if, if what, if they say to you, mummy, why are you angry with daddy? And then you say, oh, no, sweetheart, I'm not angry with daddy. We Um, just blah, blah, blah. You know, they go, oh, I can't trust what I feel. Yes. Oh, okay. That's big. (laughs) No, that's big. We really need to remember that. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that kids, the thing is, is that there's always a way to explain truth to kids. They feel it and it's our responsibility to, um, to validate what they're feeling and as I said that's not what they're reacting to that's not they're mm. validating their tantrum because they wanted ice cream right yeah or whatever okay we're not talking about that but their 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 sense you know um their sense of what's going on in the world because they are actually much more um wise and intelligent than we give them credit for mm. and to acknowledge that and to talk about it and to go deeper is yes. important yeah. yeah. And to do that, we need to work on ourselves mm. because we, we then have the framework to be able to not have to be everything to them, but just to share honestly, actually, I don't know that I'm, I'm working on it myself or um, actually this is what I've found or, you know, uh, and for me, it's quite normal for me to say to my children, um, sorry, I was, I'm just, I was reacting because um, I'm, you know, I'm stressed at work or I'm whatever. I've got a There's lot, a lot going, going on. on. Yeah. And um, what I actually meant was, can you guys please help with dinner? Because we've all got to eat tonight, and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever's exactly. going on. But, um, you know, all my kids, my, my son's beautiful at this. He'll just look at me and he doesn't even have to say anything. But he's, he just, and this is sensitivity. He just registers. That was a bit harsh. And, and he, to his sister, he reacts more, but to me, he doesn't, he, he doesn't react so much. So I and get do you a think very... that's because he knows that's your stuff, not his stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely. And because um, I don't have a dynamic with him, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if they've got a dynamic going on, it just plays into, yeah. you know, they react. Right. And they're learning lots together right now, but, mm. but with me, we don't have that dynamic. And so, he's able to just hold his presence and go, huh, that was harsh and mm. not take it personally. Mm. And I, and I, I see it written all over his face. And it's one of those moments where I go, okay. And it might take me 
might be in the moment or it might take me five minutes. But or I like walk the away bedtime chat when you can yeah, get not to unwind sitting, together. Yeah, exactly. And it's not mm. sitting well with me. And I'm like, oh, that, that didn't what how I said what I said is not sitting in my body well. So I mm. go back and revisit it. And he learned so much from that, you know. Um, so, you know, all of that really organic learning is so beautiful. Mm. And do you feel like the phrase that you just used there, that's not sitting in my body well, um, is this where we can maybe get a taste for the magic of sensitivity and energy awareness and how it can become one of our most potent preventative health um, Completely. tools. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely. 100%. Because, you know, when I'm saying it doesn't sit in my body well, I'm talking about my body and my being, but it's, but it's, they're so connected, you know? And so if you're not taking care of um, the quality of food you're eating and your sleep and your actual body you don't have a sensitive body to register the more energetic aspects of your life and so you really need to um you know a a true healing way is always grounded in honoring your body as well um yeah huge um I feel like uh, the overarching theme of this conversation is look within before you look out there. Yes, (laughs) It it really feels like that's what we've been asked to do. So I hope that's landed um, well for people. I hope people are curious. Uh, Rebecca, I feel Maybe uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit uncomfortable as well. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I feel like we could do a two-part series on this, that's for sure. Um, So we may need to chat again. Uh, We'd love to. Many questions on my list unanswered, but I want to thank you for your time. This was a really beautiful conversation. Um, Amazing to hear from you who does this work every day with people to support them. And, uh, and yeah, thank you once again. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Alex. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social, on Instagram, at Life or one word, or my personal Instagram, uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.